Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters, with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Nier. I'm Brett, and today we're calling all battle stations as admirals of our own custom fleet of ships in Voxelware's Avorian, a space simulation game of incredible depth that recently exited early access. So what's up, Walker? What's got you picking up your sticks today? Uh, well, I have also, just like yourself, been playing a bit of a Vorian lately. Oh, um, so good. I will admit I have not played it as much as you have because I have been sucked into the old Doom Eternal, but uh, we've obviously talked about that at great length already. Not all of us have of... that option available, <laughs> so... <laughs> um, but anyway, so if anyone's interested in my Doom Eternal thoughts, then please go check out our previous episodes as there is a lot of information about that game there. Uh, but yeah, Avorion, uh, you picked up, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, and it was something that I had on my wish list, which my Steam wish list is like over 100 titles, <laughs> and I don't actually even want all of them at just different times I've went and flagged stuff. But anyway, I noticed that it came out of early access, I don't know, probably a month ago or something. And something launched like that, yeah. Full version. Um, and I was kind of on the fence about it, and but really wasn't sure, and, and kind of thought maybe it was an MMO, which is silly, because, I mean, the description of the game says a co-op sandbox. It doesn't say MMO, but for some reason, that's what I had in my head. Um, but yeah, so I uh, saw you playing it, and was a little, little slower on the draw, but after seeing some screenshots and hearing you share some of your adventures, I, uh, I couldn't resist anymore. So it, it was mostly a case of, I couldn't shut up about it and you weren't allowed to spoil Doom Eternal for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about my game. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and, and, and to be perfectly honest, like I do, I do have a nostalgia for space games. I grew up some of the, the m most memorable games I played growing up would be like, wing commander three wing commander four uh i think even the fifth one prophecy it's called but um so i i love those old school games and, and have a, a special place for them but i'm not like a and I, I mean i don't know i've played you know mass effect it's not really a spaceship game in the same way or i liked eve online so i've dabbled with space games but um really the thing that that really sold me on Avorian is the level of um, complex systems that that's a bad way to describe it. Uh, it's what I depth. <laughs> it does like there's a it's almost kind of like I mean, it's not like Factorio, it doesn't look or play anything like Factorio, but you can set up enormous production chains and there's a and there's right. a reason to do so. Um, and you can have gigantic swarms of tiny ships that do your bidding, actually, not even tiny ships, even large ships. And I love nothing more than uh, virtual minions doing my bidding. So <laughs> it's always a good. One. I, I think for me, it's a, it harkens back. Like you said, I I grew up a lot on uh, Wing Commander Two is probably my favorite of the Wing Commander series. That was the first one I got to play, and and Privateer and stuff like that. And also a lot of 4X games like uh, Space Empires and Master of Orion and and stuff like that. Because I we didn't play a lot of like Civ, but we played a lot of you know the space 4x type genre but it's a lot of 4x games just tend to be really slow i guess like there's a there's they have a lot of depth but there's just 
a lot of things that you have to handle everywhere kind of all at once. And I think that Avorian does a really interesting job of pulling some of that Forex ideology into a real-time game while also giving you the option to, you can be the lone hero a la Privateer and, and pilot just kind of one ship that does everything and you can get through the whole game that way as far as, at least, I haven't beaten it yet, but as far as I can tell, you can. Um, but you are kind of guided in the direction of making, you know, getting secondary ships or, or third or fourth ships and building a fleet and having them do the things that you don't want to do, whether you want to go mine everything and have your other ships do all the fighting, or if you want to do all the fighting and have your other ships do all the mining, like, or trading or anything else, you can start setting that stuff up similar to a forex without having to manage the pieces of a forex that i always found kind of tedious like telling a planet to build a spaceport and then having you know setting up the economy of that planet or whatever you don't have to worry about that it's all kind of space stations like you said you can build production lines and, and they have importance and there's a lot of depth in there but you don't have to manage population of planets as much you you manage the population the crew of your ships uh, but in a way that's very, again, there's a lot of games that I've that I've kind of touched on or dabbled with that had crew, but it, it always seemed like there was just way more to it than there needed to be. And as many complex systems as Avorion has, in the end, each of them is actually not overcomplicated. Like, it, it's not too difficult to manage your crew. It makes sense, and it happens in a way that, like... You may not grasp it at first, but once you do, it's just a simple, you know, click here or there. Well, that's kind of why I, I compare it. And again, I've, you know, limited playtime still to some extent, but that's why I kind of compare it to Factorio because Factorio, you know, if you were a brand new player and you saw the recipe for, you know, I don't know, red chips, like the little red computer chips you have to make even, or the blue ones, the, the ones past that, it would look like this overwhelming network of things that you have to set up but you don't start trying to make those just like in this, you're right. not going to start trying to have a space station and factories producing stuff. So you're going to kind of slowly step into that. And, and in Factorio is kind of that way too, where while there's a lot of complexity in the way that things kind of like cascade into one another, um, there's the way that things are made is the same every time, you know, you put materials into a factory and it produces an output and, you know, in that Factorio, of course, um, but so similar kind of deal where it's like if you want to make fighter ships or you want to make capital ships or you want to make turrets or you want to train your crew or whatever, from what I'm gathering, the systems for that work the same. It's just you're inputting and outputting different things based on what you want. Exactly. And th there's a lot of things. It's also kind of interesting that the way it introduces the systems for the most part, there's a little bit of a tutorial in the beginning of the game. And there's kind of a tutorial like a buddy wingman kind of guy that'll show up every now and again and can talk you how talk you through having to do certain things but a lot of that doesn't happen until you hit certain triggers so if you like which is i think kind of both a good and a bad thing it's good in the sense that you're not just having this giant tutorial to go through and a lot of it i mean you can skip just about anything you don't have to answer the the tutorial email that you get in game that'll tell you to go to a certain system if you want to learn about it. But like, it, it's also one of those things where like, I didn't know how torpedoes worked. So I went to the wiki because 
in nowadays sandbox games, that's what you do. And come to find out, if you just put a torpedo block on your ship, you automatically get the the little in-game mail message for, hey, if you want to learn how to use torpedoes, fly to this sector and I'll show you how to do it. Oh, that's cool. That makes and that better. Yeah, and it, it does that with everything. So it actually kind of encourages you, like, if you want to learn about something, just put it on your ship or try to build it. Um, it now, I don't think there's a tutorial for absolutely everything, um, but enough stuff is there that, like, when I first put, built a fighter bay, it goes, hey, if you want to learn how to use fighters, go over here. And I had already, again, kind of wikied everything for it. So I had a pretty good idea. But it's interesting that it provides it that way in the sense that it's not going to bombard you with information. It bombards you with, you know, just the basics, how to fly, how to get materials, how to build a ship. Cool. Go do whatever. And then as you progress through the game, it'll start telling you what you need to know in that area, um, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's super cool that it's contextual like that as opposed to just. You know, a lot of games that will do a tutorial, they'll dump everything at you <clears throat> right at the front and you don't really have any context for it or understanding of how it will fit in. Or maybe it's something you're not actually going to really delve into for several hours. So then by the time you get there, you don't remember the tutorial anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really kind of ingenious little way of doing of, of building the tutorials in there and not making it just a, a data dump up front right. of stuff to, to try and memorize. And it... Um, it- no, go ahead. Well, I, no, I, I was going to actually ask something else unrelated to tutorials. <laughs> if you have something else, no, 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 no. go for it. Well, so I have you ever played? It's a series. So I own, of course, <laughs> and haven't played <laughs> everything. Every game on demand. <laughs> I know, I know. I own a game, and it's a, a long-standing series that I never played back in the day. And it was probably five years ago when it's called X Three. I think came out. Have you ever seen that series of games? I not sure i just not ringing a bell like i get i get star wars x-wing is all i'm getting Mm -hmm. so no no it's just called x and then there's like x1 x2 x3 i think x4 is out now now mega Uh, man is is the only other thing that comes to mind so (laughs) well it is a giant single player space sandbox game but there's not building in the same way that there is in avorion um but anyway i just i looked up boxelware's website and history and they i guess the idea was originally conceived in 2011 and they said it was the, the the guy who created it or came up with the idea wanted to combine two of his most loved games which is minecraft and x which is the x series i'm referring to x rebirth actually i think is maybe the one that i'm thinking of and x3 is even older anyway um i was just curious if you'd played x at all because i think that there are a lot of similarities for anyone who has played the x series I think there are a lot of similarities in that you can, like you were describing, you can be a, a pirate, you can be a, a, a you know good guy fighter, you can be a trader, you can run you know factories, and there's just all sorts of different ways you can play the game. And there's not really a, it's not a linear game in any way. I mean, right. Grand Theft Auto is a sandbox, but Grand Theft Auto still definitely has a story that you play through. You I know. mean, Avorian does have a story that you play through as well um it's it's kind of it's it's only half optional like Mm. to to get into the later stage equipment of the game i believe you have to complete certain story Uh. like nodes um but how you complete them and when you complete them is all up to you gotcha okay 
Um, I guess I just mean that like uh, uh, there's still a lot of the, the term sandbox is just used so ubiquitously that it's like something like GTA. I mean, if you don't do the story, like you're kind of just driving around and trying to get cop stars or something. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas in this, like, you know, I've only, I definitely have not done any of the story. And yet I already have two ships that I've built that I've hired captains for and are out automatically mining for me. Right. right. So you can really get a lot of the cool mechanics independent. Of, oh, there's, of the there's definitely a lot of the game that you can do without the story. You can't do any of the late game stuff without it though. So gotcha. at least gotcha. progressing past a certain point. Um, but it, it yeah, I, I mean, I would kind of agree that it, it's a lot more of a sandbox than mm -hmm. than a lot of other ones. But I, I think it is nice that it does also have some objectives to drive you through. And there are there are random quests that you can find, and there are set missions that you can get from various factions and stuff. It's got a ton of different kind of randomly generated factions. But again, it's it's all of the weird places that it has depth that it doesn't need to. But it's nice that it has like every faction you encounter you can get a data sheet on that faction and it'll tell you like, are they aggressive? Are they peaceful? Are they helpful? And all of those things actually have stats that affect them. Like if you ally with them and they're aggressive, if you get caught by pirates and you call for help, they'll send more ships than usual to help you. And if they're peaceful, they may not always respond to a call for help. Um, and, you know, or maybe they won't help you if you go to war with another faction, they'll stay out of it and they won't help you. Whereas an aggressive faction may have cheap spies or, you know, really better fighters that they'll sell you and stuff like that. So like the equipment that they have, what they buy, what they trade, how much they'll pay for certain goods all tie into. And, and that's just like three of the pieces that'll tell you they'll have like their economy, their, you know, military stance, all kinds of stuff that you can find and some of it you won't even have up front if you only explore a few systems. The more systems of a certain race that you explore, the more you'll actually learn about them and, and have available in your data sheet, which I think is just a phenomenal aspect to, to throw in there. Yeah, no, I would I would totally agree. Um, it's one of the that's another one of the things that really attracted to me about it that, uh, you know, again, it's a space game, so it's not a one to one comparison to, to Minecraft or even, you know, something like Terraria. Um, but I love that it has NPC factions that actually do something mm -hmm. and that actually have some depth to them and that allow you to really, uh, yeah, all those things that you just described, like really feel like they have their own identity, you know, mm -hmm. where like when you encounter villagers in Minecraft and I, I know they've updated it in the last year with the villagers and pillagers and it's supposed to be a little better, but whatever for the majority of minecraft's lifespan there there's no difference from one npc to a next you know what right. i mean they, there's they don't do anything they don't really add that much value at least to me as far as gameplay um so i think it's super cool that avorian does do that because especially if you're going to play single player there's something to do besides just build for the sake of building mm -hmm. amassing resources just for the sake of amassing resources which is kind of what minecraft turns into pretty quickly for me at right this point. well and, and there's there's a lot to be said for just 
so many places where they there are places where there's complication like where they have a lot of depth in in like you know kind of the the diplomatic races and and the relations that you can have with the different races but there's also some places where they tone back the complication a lot which i think fighting is is interesting like the uh, equipment slots for your ships so your ship gets a number of equipment slots starting with like one or two based on kind of the volume of the ship how much space it takes up and the equipment slots can be filled with these little like computer chips and they can either give you a radar or increase your jump range or allow you to have more offensive turrets or you know amp your shield by 30 percent but you know power drawback or whatever but each of these little card slots is uh kind of a a la diablo a pickup that you can get either by purchasing from vendors crafting yourself uh researching or uh fighting other ships and taking them from them and they're they have loot rarities uh kind of like you would expect to see you know the the white green blue uh red gold and there's a couple of extra higher to like a purple or whatever um and so they're they're like loot drops and so you have this kind of you can go you know farm drops in the same way that you would you know any other kind of adventure game and then plug those drops into your ship and get immediate improvements from them that in that way and i think that's in my opinion better than as much as i love the massive research trees in a lot of 4x games there's usually like one best path or whatever or maybe two and they just a, a lot of investment for not a lot of reward whereas all of that's kind of taken out and you can just get loot that from fighting from trading from doing whatever and then plug that into your ship and, and get those upgrades just immediately Hmm. yeah i uh i was i definitely have noticed just the even outside of the you know equipment slots or whatever that, like you're talking about that that offer kind of more passive upgrades or, or whatever but just like the amount of of different turrets that you can stumble oh, yeah. i mean if just even like there's a white level iron mining turret, which is like the very lowest level of, of iron mi of mining turret. I think that there is, but there are multiple tiers, like you said, just of that. And then, but then there are multiple material types that escalate from there. So yeah, there's just definitely a wide variety, um, which is cool. Cause it's really, I mean, that's like a, it's, it's really like a nod to the Diablo loot system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if another game pioneered that, but for me, that's certainly where I first encountered that kind of loot system where you can have kind of i don't know that it's totally rng but a variety of of you know versions of the same piece of equipment right and there's i think the other thing too that's really interesting is especially as you get it's one of those games where when you think you've got some stuff hammered out like like, you know, like oh, i've got a million credits like that's a ton of like there are massive credit sinks in the game like a million <laughs> credits is a starting point Mm. and and as you go later in the game like like you said the, the just the number of different weapon types there's missiles torpedoes cannons machine guns like bolters uh, uh lightning guns plasma turrets and all of these things may have randomly generated stats but you can also if you find one that you really like instead of your ship just having a smattering of gear attached to it because you can get like 15 or 20 turrets on your ship in in the mid game pretty easily so instead of just having 15 randomly different guns 
you can go to a turret factory and say, I have a, a legendary turret that I really like that has great stats. I want the factory to turn this into a blueprint and then craft me 10 copies of it. Mm. And then, so you can kind of like, if you want a, a ship that has all plasma guns on it to defeat enemy shields really easily, you can get all the same exact gun and, and mount them all over your ship. Um, which I think it, it eliminates some of that, like, like in a Diablo, you find one really good ring. Well, now you need a second ring. You want if you wanted the same exact one, it's going to be really hard to find a duplicate of it that's just as good. Whereas mm -hmm. in this, if you find something that's great and you want ten copies of it for ten different ships, maybe you just want one turret on each of your ten ships that does some certain thing. You can go get that mass produced for you or get it turned into a blueprint and maybe you produce it at your own factories mm -hmm. so i think that's that's a really awesome system to put in there for for turrets and fighters and i'm not sure if you can do the same thing with torpedoes i haven't messed around too much with torpedoes yet so there's a lot of there's a lot of content in the game that i just don't understand <laughs> but My it's, it's there my experience with torpedoes was definitely uh, I got a distress signal, so I went to a, the sector that the distress signal was at, and there were just a ton of pirates there who then tried to kill me. And I was definitely just trying to outmaneuver torpedoes being shot at me, uh, which I did successfully do. Now, I don't know if that's uh, that it, I don't know that it's really that hard to do because it's not like I'm some super skilled player, but it was cool. Uh, it was kind of exciting to be able to <laughs> to dodge a missile uh, right. in the middle of space or whatever. You know, the dogfighting is really good. And there are, like, so I, I do know enough on the torpedoes that there's, like, different body types and warhead types. And the different bodies make it, like, more maneuverable or faster or slower or whatever. So some of them are going to be easier to dodge. Some of them are easier to dodge close up. Some of them are meant to be used from halfway across the map some of them are meant to be kind of more close combat but it the just the general dog fighting in the game is really fun and really rewarding and it rewards like you don't have to build a cool looking ship to have a highly functional ship which i think is is really cool and we haven't even touched on the building but but just the and for me the dog fighting it can get really intense like even just fighting a couple few ships can be really fun and it doesn't really usually at least for me seem like a slog i always enjoy fighting ships yeah i've only so i've i fought very little because i m most of the time i've spent has been mining and just kind of exploring different zones and not understanding how jump gates worked and <laughs> which then means i have to constantly wait for my drive to refill mm -hmm. or whatever before i can jump again and um but yeah it's it, so the probably i mean the the, the direct ship control because you know you're not inside the ship you are the ship right kind of, yeah that makes sense i mean the thing that i've played that's most reminiscent of that for me is but um of course an mmo eve online um but in eve online it doesn't the control is not like it is in this which i don't know which system i prefer like when i play so the way eve works is you basically like set a trajectory that you want the ship to be pointed towards and then you set a speed and it goes that way in that speed but you're not using wasd like you would to just directly steer it right um, whereas in avorion it is a one-to-one -one relationship i mean it, moving it is just like moving a, a character in a third person action game or something you know mm -hmm. wasd and 
and mouse to to move. It's kind of like driving a warthog on PC, maybe. Yeah. If that makes sense, because um, you you control where you look with the mouse, mm-hmm. and then you know W and S to to forward and back or or whatever. Um, so yeah, I I don't know which I prefer because on the one hand, I when I I remember when I first played Eve, I thought it was super weird that you didn't just directly control it like you would a vehicle in most other video games. Right. Um, but I did. I think I got used to it, and so then when I played Avorion, I found it kind of confusing that I couldn't just set my throttle like like I have to press W to move mm-hmm, forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are a couple like that, and same with kind of mining. Now you can get automatic aiming like they call it independent targeting is a in the same way that you can get a weapon in diablo that has plus 20 vitality as just a randomly rolled stat independent targeting is a randomly rolled thing that you can get on your turrets which will allow them to automatically shoot at torpedoes fighters or if you get it on like a mining turret uh asteroids so because one of the things that i definitely found kind of in that same vein a little frustrating is having to hold down the mouse button to mine like I just want to, I want to toggle that in the same way that I kind of want to toggle thrust. Yeah, I, I definitely for for mining sure and and yeah thrust also uh, just because it especially like if you <laughs> if you're me and you're not that great at ship design yet and so I don't I I the ship is like I need I, I will I've built a ship before not close to an equipment dock. And and I so I need crew for it to go at full speed or whatever. It's not an equipment dock, but a space station where you can hire crew. And so I have to fly it over to the nearest space station to hire some crew for the ship. But it takes a very long time because there's no I don't have good speed yet, you know. Right. Um, and so that was that that's a little a little frustrating. But I mean, it it's very minor. And again, it it actually is no different than most games. Honestly, if they're not going to do a throttle control, I wish they would just add, and it would be weird to call it auto run, but basically an auto run. Like, let me press mouse four and it just goes. <laughs> I do kind of wish that if you had a captain on the ship that you were flying, that you could still use the over, because there's like three levels of map view in the game. There's like the kind of third person of the shoulder view of your ship. Then there's kind of a strategic view that shows your whole sector that you're in. And then there's a galaxy map. And the galaxy map is stupid huge. Um, But in the strategic view, you can take other ships that you have captains on and like right click and it'll put a green arrow just like in an RTS and they'll fly in that direction and get there. If they would just allow you to do that, even though if you're piloting a ship, then I think that would solve a lot of the issue. Because I mean... It's not like it takes a huge amount of time to fly across the sector. And there's a boost, too. So as long as you have power, like you can use your afterburners or whatever, and they can get you at some pretty ridiculous speeds. In fact, that's probably more dangerous than <laughs> yeah. is, is crashing into an asteroid at 4,000 kilometers a second. Like, <laughs> I did think it was cool how they do the they like try and recreate the, you know, the idea of what it would be to fly in space where if you get momentum going in a direction, th- there aren't brakes. Right. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> so, it, you know, if you want to slow down quickly, you just have to literally flip your ship 180 degrees and bur- boost or, or, you know, hit thrusters mm-hmm. in the opposite direction, um, which I think is, is cool and kind of adds a fun dynamic to, 
to just piloting in general. And I'm sure again, I've done very limited dog fighting, but probably dog fighting is fun with that. Yeah, it's like it can thing. be well, and, and engaging the ranges of your weapons and having to lead your targets and stuff, and how fast you're going to how fast they're going and where you need to lead, because if they're not moving and you are, you still have to lead them because you have to essentially lead yourself. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it can, and there's, there's, you can unlock inertial dampeners pretty early, which just allow you to give you space breaks basically. Um, and there's some thrusters and stuff you can do, but for the most part, if you want to slow down quick, yeah, you want a high turn speed to be able to flip over and boost in the opposite direction and, and maybe escape or, or change your battle plan. However you want. Yeah. So a game that we haven't mentioned yet that I think uh, relates to it that I didn't... Well, actually, there's two games. I didn't even think of this other one until just now. But you've spent time with both of these. Um, and they're similar kind of sandboxy space games. Um, but how where you build things, how would you compare it to, say, Space Engineers, which we talked about within the last couple of months, or Star Made, which is something you played further back but but still had quite a bit of time with yeah so it's a it's a lot like and and i'll even throw in um oh no oh no from the depths there we go um because it's got a little it's not quite the same it has it has some of the similar stuff though of being able to have a strategic view and have ai controlled ships and a build mode i would say that it's probably the most like star made um from both a gameplay and well not, maybe not gameplay, but a building and kind of the overall idea of the game. I really feel like Avorion is the game that I kind of wish StarMade would have been or could still be. That that game is definitely still in early access and they did a, a complete engine overhaul on it. And it's kind of just a, a very small team building a custom engine for a, a voxel game. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of work to do for it. But it, it, in a lot of ways reminds me of that the most. Um, it, like you said, unlike Space Engineers, you can't get out of your ship and see it in first person. You also don't have to worry about, like, you can't land on planets. Planets, at least currently, are just kind of a, a backdrop sort of thing. And uh, you don't have to worry about... It, it leans... Avorian leans a lot more into the fun fantasy physics while still having some... There are some real physics, like you said, of being able to, you know, how your ship slows down or, or where you place your thrusters determines, uh, you know, how quick you can turn or what your pitch, your, your, your yaw and your roll equal out to uh, or how much thrust you can have versus your, your thrust to weight ratio or whatever. But unlike something like a, a Kerbal or a Space Engineers, you can have an asymmetrical ship with a giant engine on one side and you just go forward. It doesn't make you spin around in circles like you would think, you know, a realistic physics. It's definitely gives you that fantasy physics where you can build something. You can have your engines in the middle of your ship and you don't have to have them. They won't like burn up your hull or anything. You can. So it's a lot more allowing you to, to decorate your ship and build something that looks cool without punishing you for having to have your engines all on the outside where they're vulnerable. Yeah, I probably will never do it because it would be too demanding for time and I'm so artistically limited. But like I was thinking it would just be it would be amusing to have a ship that just was like because you could do it. You could make a ship that's just like shaped like a horse 
mm-hmm. and just yeah. have like the Trojan horseship, and then just <laughs> go fight people on a giant horse. You can have a yeah. you can have a flying castle, and right. it doesn't matter what it looks like, really, as long as I mean the, there are functional blocks, and each block has something that does attribute to your weight or your armor score, your shields, your power generation, your batteries. Like there's a ton of different blocks in the game, but it, like you said, you don't have to make it. It doesn't have to be realistic at all. You know, as long as you can get a really effective ship and make it look however you want. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Which, which again, I think is super fun. Um, I don't think you've seen it, but it's a, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think so, but it's a show I've watched called The Expanse. And in that... Yeah, I still haven't, I still haven't gone into that one too much yet, so... Fool! Um, I know. It's terrific. So, in The Expanse, this is not a spoiler, um, although I am going to share something that's in it. There, There's a, a group of, of Mormons, actually, which is hilarious, but um, not that Mormons are hilarious on their own, just that they're that of all the religions of the world that would make it into the future, that's the one that was picked. Like, okay, but it'd anyways, only be better if there were space Amish. You know? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so much better. <laughs> then the horseship makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I'll be. That's what my faction will be: space Amish. So, um, anyway, they the the Mormons are trying to go to just a completely different galaxy is their goal and just like establish new life just somewhere else is what they want to do. So they've hired this company in, in the, in the show to, to build them this enormous ship. And it, I mean, it, I'm sure, and I'm sure other people have watched it and be like, no, that actually is pretty functionally accurate. And maybe it is, but it's, it's this giant ship, but the, the tip of it, the nose of it, if you will, is like a, a person, holding like a giant human sculpture holding like a torch or something out not I mean, that sounds like the statue of liberty and it doesn't look like that but but anyway it just made me when i when i realized in avorian that you can kind of do what you want it made me think of that right away because i in watching that show it's like that doesn't that doesn't seem like necessary you know what i mean like there's right. no function to this little needle tip person thing but yeah you could totally do something like that in avorian and uh yeah, I think it's really I think it's really cool that they don't restrict that, like you said, and kind of lean into the more fun side of it. Um, and yeah, there there are benefits to how you build your ship. Like if you put your your thrusters that control how quickly you can turn, if you put them close to the center of mass of the ship, then it doesn't really work as well. But if you put them farther, the farther away they are, the the more responsive they become. So there are ways to design it like if you just build a cube it might be hard to get it to turn effectively because you just wouldn't have the distance from the center to put those thrusters um but yeah like the second ship i ever designed is totally vertical like it kind of looks like a playstation (laughs) for nice yeah i mean not on the home world carrier is what it that's one of my yeah that's a better ship Correct. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, I could just make a vertical ship and see what that's like. And definitely the thrusters, which is not on purpose. I kind of did it by mistake, but the thrusters are kind of in the middle of it. Now, the hull doesn't touch. And when I say thrusters, I mean engines. The hull doesn't touch the engines. So, you know, it's not completely insane, but but yeah, just a very strange looking ship. And yeah, we're work just fine hired a captain and it mines for me now so <laughs> well and the other thing that that like the biggest i think which is it's surprising that we haven't gotten on this yet but i think the biggest difference 
between Avorion and any other voxel building game that I've ever played um, with with uh, space or not space engineers um, star made uh, coming close is how the build mode works and in Avorion you you don't have like in space engineers you have wedges corners blocks you know and, and you can make some interesting shapes with them but essentially each block is like a voxel right it's like one cube and in avorion you have those same shapes but it's a lot closer to a mesh modeling or a 3d design program in that you can take a wedge and extrude it to be 1.75 blocks long by three blocks tall by two and a half blocks wide and it still counts as one so you can stretch it and make because because like in from the depths i think that at least last time i played the biggest blocks they had were like one by threes because it can be really hard to get like your your wedges matching your corners to make something look smooth you need consistent block lengths and so you can't then people just want well now i want a one by four and a one by five and i want more and more and more when avorian you just get wedge and you can make it as a 50 blocks long by a 25th of like 0.25 blocks wide and then to make it so that you can can then get consistent like rounding if you're trying to make like a, a circle or something you can just hold down like control and it will copy the dimensions of whatever you're hovering over to match whatever block you have selected. So if you have a 10 block long wedge and you want a corner that matches the side of it perfectly, you just hover your mouse over the side, you select your corner, you hold control, and it'll match the 10 long by one high just instantly. Mm -hmm. And then you click to place it and you're done. And you can, it has all the same like mirror modes to be able to, and you can adjust where you want the mirroring to take place. But the amount of freedom, like you can have it, it's got grids that you can snap to, but you can also go no grid and they allow you a certain amount of kind of uh, mesh collision. So you can, you can kind of fudge some pieces into other pieces if you want. A la, again, Kerbal kind of does this a little bit where they allow you to kind of stretch and, and push a, a wheel inside the hull or whatever and not penalize you. And I think doing that really opens it up to you can get as detailed as you want. And people have made some incredibly amazing and highly detailed recreations of you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, Babylon 5, you name a space thing, a Gundam, whatever there are recreations of those ships and they're incredibly detailed. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the building mode is really impressive. I was also really surprised at how uh, robust and open it really is. Um, you may have just said this, but I mean, you can build a ship and if you just need a, if you just need it to be bigger and you want everything else to be the same, you can just slide a little bar. That's a scale meter and it just scales the entire thing up, so you don't have to redesign any part of it. If yeah, you, you can start with something that's kind of small and looks like a fighter, and just build it once. And then as you progress through the game, you can yeah. There's a, a button that allows you to modify your whole ship, and you can change all of it. Any any titanium part, you can change up to tritium, and it just converts all of them and tells you the cost, and you click OK. Or you can say, 
you know, as you progress, I want it to be 110% bigger. And you could do that by block or by the whole ship. And so maybe 110% bigger, 110% bigger as you make money. And then mm -hmm. maybe you go 200 or 400% bigger. And now it's a capital ship, even though right. it's, it, it looks exactly the same. And you could progress through the whole game with one ship just kind of using very simple tools. Or you can take it as deep as you want and make a really complex ship with a high number of parts that are, you know, slightly fidgeted into each other. You can turn off snapping so you don't snap to the grid and you just get kind of freeform tools. It's very, very close to like the only thing that it doesn't have that a lot of 3D model programs have is is being able to like uh, to bevel, to be able to like cut one shape out of another. That's pretty much mm. all it doesn't have that, <laughs> that I could think of wanting. Hmm. Yeah, well, and also I was impressed that like colors, there's just... As far as I know, every color, you know, the color wheel palette. is basically, yeah, I guess I don't know if it's the in full color wheel, but it's, it's a giant selection. And yeah, none of them, I didn't find any that were gated behind right. progression or anything. Uh, they're not selling the colors as DLC either. No. Which is nice. <laughs> no loot box to get the green I wanted. Um, but yeah, no, super, super, super interesting how they, how they've done it. And it's cool because you also don't have to go somewhere specific in the game to build. Yeah, you can you can literally just pop out your little mining drone that you start with and that I guess is always with you in every ship and then just found decide to find a new ship. You immediately go to the build menu and you can create a new ship from scratch. Or if you just want to upgrade your existing ship, same thing. You press, I think, the B button anywhere you're at and it pops open the build menu. You can update it to your heart's content. I mean, I the very first night I played built a ship didn't really understand how it all worked, I guess you could say. Um, Talked to you about it the next day. You gave me some pointers. Went back the next night I played. Opened the game, same exact ship. Opened the build menu. Delete all of the blocks mm -hmm. and rebuilt it right there. And then, you know, exited the build menu. And I'm, I'm in the new ship that I've just designed. It's there. As long as you have the resources and the credits to fund whatever it is that you're trying to make you can just make it yeah and you can you can cool. save and load designs uh, there's you can also upload them to the steam workshop it's got full steam workshop support and yeah as long as you have you could just take a one block ship and say load design and even if it is too expensive you can then hit the scale button and scale it down until you can afford it and then just say apply and it boop plops on your ship you can copy and paste individual blocks or whole sections of your ship so if you it's kind of tricky because you can make basically what they call build palettes, which is there's a creative version of the game as well, a creative zone, and you can go in and just make a sphere so that you can copy that and save it as a template and then just load the template onto a ship that you're building. And now you have a sphere and maybe you can delete half of it. So you have a hemisphere, select the whole thing and then squeeze it or stretch it out. So now you have this elongated cone and then now you've got an engine that you can, you know, like a cool kind of space shuttle-esque looking engine just by copying and pasting pieces that you've already built somewhere else. And the amount of power that that gives you is just, it, it's really, really lot of build power in what it's already, and, and to have that and also have an in-depth game outside of that, I right, think is, is right. really for me the strong selling point because there's games that have had fun build modes, but then don't have anything to do. And there's games that have a lot to do in a very simple build mode. In a lot of space games, they, you know, 4Xs and stuff let you custom build your ships or whatever, but it's usually a very 2D 
really aesthetics only kind of thing. So having all of the build potential of an, a, you know, a very high quality voxel game on top of uh, this kind of real time strategy forex is just an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Um, and kind of a, you know, not that I'm done, we have to be done talking about the building, but, but to, to jump to another thing that you had mentioned before. So when, whenever you told me that the map was pretty big, I was like, man, I wonder how big it really is. You know, like EVE Online, again, you know, probably my most played spaceship control game like that. I mean, I don't know if it's 2000 different stars, but I mean, there is so many different places you can jump to in EVE Online. It, it's insane how big that that game world is, especially for it being an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when I loaded up before you and like you start off and you're on a you're you're in a little you're in like what do you think it is you think it's like six by six or something grid i don't know oh as far as like your jump range of your first ship well like so basically like you're in a tiny little box and that box is in the tiny little box that you're in is in a grid that's uh, we'll just say it's six by six i don't know exactly how large it is but then you can zoom out from and and that's made up of you know six little boxes that you're in and each one of those little boxes in that six by six grid represents a jump destination right you could go but then you zoom out from that, and I don't, I don't know. I, don't I couldn't know guess thousands. I, don't, I mean, forty by forty or something of the six by six blocks of tiny. Like, I would think it's more than that. It's it's so ridiculously huge because I jumped like in my current single player game, I found a wormhole that took me to the other side of the galaxy map, and mm-hmm. when I flip, so <laughs> so when you die, the other interesting thing about it, like a lot of. There, there is block damage, and you can heal blocks or just, say, skip repairing those blocks and call this my new ship. Maybe I didn't like those blocks anyway. <laughs> um, but you can also get, like, a repair token, which essentially says if your ship get blowed up, here's a new one for free of the exact mm-hmm. same ship that you built. So it takes away that fear of, like, games like like TerraTech or something where if your vehicle gets blown up, like, well, you're just starting over, you know. And, right. and so, like, I I died and got sent back to my starter zone while I was on the opposite side of the galaxy. And to to get on the map, I had a ship that I needed to go tell to mine another sector. I went to the map view, and you just have to scroll out, scroll out, scroll out, and then scroll <laughs> in, scroll in, scroll in. And it's just, I, I don't know, maybe a 2,000 by 2,000 map, and each one of those is a sector that you can that has a star or not even it doesn't have a star but it is a location that can have stuff in it from asteroid fields to other factions to i mean it's i i don't know how big the map is but it's ridiculous right right yeah no it's it's definitely enormous um and it's yeah it's just it's it's super interesting i love seeing that level of um availability of, of places to go and you know space games are always the easiest version of that because it's space so <laughs> space is really big well and there's also i mean there's you know you there's you don't have to populate trees and blades of grass right. you know what I mean? it's just a background largely and especially in a game like this where you can't go on the planets or anything like it's really just if they've decided to populate it with asteroids or npc buildings or you know whatever the case may be um so I appreciate that they allow it to be that massive and have that many places to go 
because they they should well and, <laughs> and there's a lot of cool things that can happen in all of those places like i'm not going to ruin a lot of the random events that can occur but there's some there's just cool things where it can be different if you're flying in kind of claimed space where there's factions versus like it can be dangerous to jump around in unclaimed space excuse me mm. where like it, it there's things that can happen in unclaimed space that don't happen in claimed space and so there's a lot of adventure and there's radars that can help define or determine like if a sector is actually empty or if there's going to be stuff there and so that can help you like figure out like if you want to find us like so you can have if you destroy somebody's cargo ship their goods are going to come out branded as stolen so if you pick those up and you go into to a, a, an owned sector then if they have cruisers there or frigates, they may stop you and fine you or, you know, maybe declare war on you, depending on how they feel about stolen goods. Um, or you can buy a trade license from them so you can just have stolen goods in their territory, but it won't work for another territory. You have to buy a new license for every faction that you want to, you know, transport stolen goods through. Or you can use a radar and find an unclaimed sector and and go there and if you'll may stumble upon a smuggler and a smuggler station will allow you to unbrand stolen goods or just sell them to them directly but only for like 15 percent of what they're worth so mm. but it can be really helpful because the number of that's the other thing the number of goods in the game there's probably 500 different kinds of goods from water to nuclear engines to warheads and whatever so you may steal a bunch of cargo from a faction and just not have anywhere to sell it. So it's going to take up your space. So you, if you know where to sell it, you can get it unbranded for a, a cost. It costs like 25% of that item's value to unbrand it. Mm. Um, but then you could sell it maybe at a station that's paying 50% above market value. Well, now mm -hmm. you're getting like a 200% return on it. Um, right. Or if you don't know where to sell it, skip the unbranding, sell it to him for 15% of the cost, and you could just dump all your cargo on the smuggler. And just having that as a, like, just that piece gives you that kind of privateer-esque feeling of you can be a smuggler and you can go, you don't even have to blow up other traders. You can go to a cargo ship and hail them and demand that they dump their cargo. And mm. they might declare war on you. They might try to warp other ships in to defend them. They might jump away. Like they can do, they have kind of their own, their little mind of their own. So, yeah, I was actually, I don't know how common this is in these types of games, but so Privateer 2 is a game I played a ton growing up. And the way that game worked is if there were any enemies in the zone you're in, you couldn't jump until you defeated those enemies. Mm -hmm. If you try to jump, it would give you an error and, you know, enemies in range or whatever. And I was very pleased whenever I jumped into the zone with the pirates that were trying to gank me that I was able to, I had to wait for my drive to charge back up because I just jumped into that zone, but I was able to outmaneuver them and dodge some torpedoes until the drive recharged and then set a new coordinate and just jump out right away. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that it also allowed that freedom of, you know, you, you're not just stuck with whatever nightmare right even. there's it does take longer if there are enemies in a sector or or like there's if there's enemies it takes longer if there's like other stations or anything it takes longer if there's nothing it actually way shortens the jump time which is nice because if you get a big jump drive later in the game and you can jump 15 sectors 
it mm. takes a minute to charge. But if you jump into a space that has just nothing in it, it takes like 10 seconds, which is, nice. I think is really kind of a nice touch. And so you're not just waiting in empty space with right. there. There are, there are later pirates that can have jump jammers. Like you can get, if you get a bounty put on your head, you might get headhunters come after you and they will carry like a small elite group of ships and like one of them will have a, a jammer so you have to kill them or get really far away from them to be able to jump uh, they're usually fast so you, it's hard to outrun them um and then like a couple torpedo ships or something so they'll engage you from long distance and block your jump drive to try to lock you down um but then you know you can either just kill the blocker or if you, if you are fast you can get far enough away and jump out so mm-hmm yeah, no, it's a it. I'm I'm definitely excited to get more into it. Uh, I think we're going to try the multiplayer and see how it shakes out to to do that, um, which should be should be interesting. I, I think that there's a, a lot of possibility for that to be quite a bit of fun. You know, to compare it to something like like Minecraft, which again isn't a fair one to one comparison, but still, in Minecraft, playing co op can be a lot of fun. But at the same time, you kind of have to like really, really strive to define your own objectives that you're going to cooperatively try and achieve. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it, it very much seems like you could kind of do your own thing if you wanted, you know, or certainly you could always collaborate, but you could also kind of go off and do your own thing. And because of the volume of, of different resources that are available and different things that you may want to accomplish, you really could have one player who has something of value to trade to another player that, that you just, you know, I mean, in Minecraft, like, I'll trade you some stone if you'll trade me some wood or right. something, you know. Like, and there's just... With having, like, 500 goods, and a lot of those goods have purpose, not just to trade for, for cargo and money, but, like, if you want to create a custom turret or a custom fighter, um, you can not only do you build that in the build mode if you want and then apply a weapon to it, but if you want a custom weapon, then you can go to a turret factory and specify the rarity, the type, you know, and whatever. So you don't even have to rely on picking up drops. You can just purchase a drop of the rarity that you want. There's still some randomness, but you can tweak that randomness by saying, I want an increased chance for it to have critical hit percent or whatever. And you Mm -hmm. can increase that amount, but it costs a certain type of good. Like if I want a laser turret with increased critical, to, to have them build one of those for me, it's going to cost like, you know, 20 high quality lenses, 10 servos, like 20 refined steel and, you know, a half a dozen different goods. But if I want like a really high critical chance, then maybe it's 50 or 100 refined lenses or something like each part will apply a certain chance to up that like that stat. So mm-hmm. you can either ha- build a factory that makes high quality lenses and kind of like Factorio, the the number of steps to build an item increases with how rare and expensive the item is. Starting mm-hmm. with like, you can make a space station that just makes algae and it has no input. It just has, it's just a space station and it'll make algae depending on how many crew and how much power and storage it has. But then if you want to make, you know, hamburgers, You'd have to have a cattle farm. You have to supply that with water and algae and to make grass and then make cattle and then send it to a butcher. Like, so to get these high quality refined lenses, 
you may have to have a silicon mining asteroid and a glass refiner and you know and transport goods between them or have cargo ships do it for you and and build your way up or you have to go buy them or steal them or find them or there's any number of ways that you can do it or you know there's stations that will supply most of the goods that you need at at a turret factory or a, at a ship factory, they'll supply them, but they're also at like 200% markup. So if you just right. want to buy everything at one place, well, you better be rich. <laughs> right. Which maybe you achieve because yeah, you, you do, you spend most of your time playing in some totally different way, like, you know, fighting and doing combat or something and salvaging stuff. Yeah. You can salvage so you your opponent ships. And... Right. Yeah. I, I, like I said, early on i'm very excited by the ai controlled stuff um i was really impressed with how easy it was for me to make a ship get enough money to buy a captain which is the ai thing that you need to to have the ship be auto automatically you know operating and then immediately pop out of it assign it to mine and i don't have to tell it what asteroids to go mine Mm -hmm. nothing it just i told it to go mine and it just goes and starts and even went to the high yield asteroids first Mm -hmm. in fact it made is it only mine high yield asteroids? No, or? and in fact, so there's okay. there's a, a piece of equipment that you can get that some asteroids. Cause so like the asteroids in the game will have like colored specs on them if they have a war on them. Um, but there are some asteroids that are just look like rocks, but actually have like super rich minerals in them that are worth just a lot more of that type. Um, but you won't see them unless you either try to mine every asteroid and, and a lot of sectors have thousands of asteroids in them. So you, there's just a lot of rock that's worth nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can get one of the chips that you can upgrade on your ship will detect when you're close to asteroids that have that stuff in them and it'll show up on your HUD. Well, if you have a mining ship that's AI controlled that has one of those on it, it'll go seek those out wherever they are in the map. Whereas if you don't, if you have a regular mining ship, it may pop up and say, Captain, we can't find any more asteroids at sector negative 10, 508, you know, and you jump it off and you think that that sector's mined out. Well, if you were to equip a new ship with one of those detectors and jump it there, it would continue mining more resources there. Mm. So, so having those chips on even your AI ships are worth it. And they'll, they try to seek out like the greatest value first and stuff like that. But if you leave them to it, they'll get everything that's in a sector if they have the right gear. Hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. It's mind blowing how much, how much complexity there is to it, but at the same time, it's somewhat approachable. Yeah, It's all fairly accessible. Like there is stuff that if you, if you're trying to dive into endgame factory building and stuff right out the gate, you, you're going to either need a wiki or be real strong willed to get there because it's it can be a lot to do. But by the time you're pretty much ready for that, um, you'll have most of what you need to do it. and You'll understand enough of the other systems that it'll be pretty easy. Like like you said, for the multiplayer aspect, I could focus on making those you know laser lenses and somebody else could focus on refining steel. And now I can trade lenses for steel and we both get to make laser turrets that are awesome. Right. And so I think that that portion, because like each good can have its own factory type. Each factory requires a space station or an asteroid mine. So you can have 500 different space stations and to just create one type of good. <laughs> and so that's right. a lot for one player to do. But if you have an alliance or if you just have other players that you can join up with, and, and trade those goods with, then I think there's a lot of value that can be there too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Agreed. Agreed completely. Um, so one thing that we've kind of touched on is, is the crew stuff, but but it you know while it's again you know accessible or whatever you want to say, it's all it's also not just as simple as it could be. Like you can actually train your crew up mm-hmm. over time, and develop and make them more efficient or more effective at, at whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah, and they'll they'll essentially do the work of more people. So like an mm. untrained crew, so there's like, I think there's like, I don't know, 10 or 15 types of crew that you can have, like mechanics, gunners, miners, and, and engineers. So if you don't have enough engineers, you can't fly at top speed. And that top speed is a percentage of how many engineers you're missing out of how many you need. So it's not just mm. that you're instantly crippled. Uh, maybe you're flying at 80% speed. And so if you just go get untrained crew are the cheapest and they can be there's civilians that can hire anywhere and if you tell them to be engineers maybe they apply half an engineer's worth of engineer effort and you need 10 so you have to put 20 of them in there right well then either over time as they do that job they'll get better at it up to you know rank one or rank two or whatever or you can get a dedicated engineer and a dedicated engineer starts off putting forth like one effort for engineer so then you only need 10 crew and and although you don't have to manage like food or anything like that they do require payment uh on like a three hour in-game cycle and they'll uh they have like a morale stat and they need like sergeants and stuff if you have more crew members and they need crew space so your spaceship has to be able to fit that many crew in it um but outside of that, that's all they need is just money and space. <laughs> they will buy their own food, which is great. <laughs> but if you if you continue training them or you build like an academy or something, you can get them up to like rank two or three. So now they're giving two effort for every one. So now you only need five tier two engineers to do the work of 10. So it, it's kind of and they'll just rank up on their own slowly over time. Uh, or you can do dedicated facilities or hire dedicated personnel but as they increase in rank, they also want more money. So <laughs> you may want to dump them, the high rank ones, you may want to sell back to a station and get more low level crew if you're not that worried about it and you have the space because maybe it's cheaper that way to do. Right, right. Yeah, it just depends on on what you have bolted onto the ship and how much crew diversity you potentially need right. or, or whatever. And if you want, if you want a really low amount of crew space so you can maximize you know, your shields or whatever, then maybe you want to only hire rank three crew or train them in an academy until they're rank three, so that you're not taking up as much pop, you know, space inside your ship. Hmm. Yeah. I, I. Something else. You know, kind of to tie back to how the the physics system. It's not related to the physics system, but in the way that the physics system and the building system is. So not just physics, but building. I guess more so leans into the like fun, creative side of it, and not just the hard science of 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 it as it could um i also really appreciate that like when you have the ai miners going out and mining that whenever they get resources now if they're refining them straight from the the asteroid and, and refining it with the gun basically then you just automatically get those resources in your inventory mm-hmm. or they have to take them and take them to a refinery which is a more efficient way of doing it at least as far as how much res- raw resource you extract from whatever they've mined but in the end, ultimately, it still just pops up in your inventory. So you don't have to constantly go collect things from from everywhere, right. which is cool because 
again, the map is enormous and you could potentially have ships all over the place doing stuff mm. and you don't have to worry about chasing them all down. Right. Uh, well, and they'll even collect. have like, cause they pop up in the chat that it'll say like, sir, we've, you know, our cargo bay in sector 1921 is full. Well, you could, it, that's a kind of a hyperlink that you can click on and it just takes you to the map view and shows you that sector. And so mm -hmm. you know what ship has, so it, it makes management of that easy. And you can set up loops and kind of like, I want you to mine here and then refine and then go back to mining until you're mined out. Repeat action. And then it just does it. So you don't even have to worry about it. Like you said, the, the refined resources don't take up any space once they've been refined. So you can have millions and you don't have to have some cargo hold somewhere that just mm -hmm. is your bank. It's like you can have infinite credits and refined ores of any type. It's just the unrefined ores and the, the like like cargo spots take up space so then you want you know to have some ships moving that about or selling it or whatever but it's pretty lenient in terms of like inventory i guess management is not really too terribly much of a thing right which i greatly appreciate um i've spent way too many hours of my gaming life sorting inventories mm -hmm. and i just played terraria recently and i i joined a world that I had already had already started, you know, months and months ago, if not years ago. But I was excited to find that I already had chests that were separated in the base <laughs> and also labeled appropriately. Yep. I just had a place for stuff to go because I mean, yeah, one of the biggest nightmares is just trying to find where did I put this thing and where's that thing at? And um, having that organization is hugely beneficial. So it's nice when a game just builds it in there for you mm -hmm. so you don't have to manage setting it up and sometimes part of the fun can be setting it up i guess i mean not that it's always terrible or something but yeah i appreciate it like i said that it it just kind of automatically shows up and because yeah you can open up the map and if you have a ship anywhere else you can just click on the sector and take control of that ship and it shows remote. you they're pink the sectors are like highlighted and, and neon to show you that you have ships there and you can either mm -hmm. manage the ship just from that menu, or like you said, yeah, you just right click on it and say enter ship. And you can, from anywhere in the universe, you can jump into that ship, a quick loading screen, and you're ready to go. Well, and like I noticed, at least I believe I this was what I what I encountered was I I went into a ship that I had given AI orders to, to, to mine, went into it, wanted to go check something at a station or, or whatever, so did some stuff. But then went back to my ship that I had originally been in, and it just resumed with the AI orders. Like, it didn't reset that right. entire, which was also surprising, even though, the, I mean, it see, like that seems intuitive, but that's not what you get in, <laughs> in a lot of games, <laughs> right. you know? Like, I was worried, like, oh, now I need to go back and, like, re-give it orders and whatever. And no, it just worked, just like I had hoped it would. Well, and it's nice that they'll, like... It, they'll use like so i had a salvage craft but it also was a carrier and all the fighters that i had on it had salvage beams so it was made to like rapidly salvage large vessels or i would i would sit in a sector and just fight pirates over and over and over and wait for them to spawn and then i'd bring in the salvage ship and there'd be hundreds of pirate ship wrecks and i'm just like go salvage everything and it would launch all the salvage fighters out and use its own guns and the salvage fighters are smart enough to get anything within like a three kilometer radius of the ship. 
So wherever it flies, they fly with it and just salvage a whole map. And it's just glorious to just kind of... Uh, you just keep on salvaging, and I'll cover you and kill pirates. And the more pirates that spawn here, the better, because then you'll just keep... And it's like, I probably sat for hours in one sector. Just There were so many wrecks to salvage that it took so long that pirates kept spawning. And I just mm-hmm. I just laid waste to them. It was great. And then I had... And then it just gets all... It also gets the loot. The, so, like, the loot drops don't just drop when you kill a pirate. Sometimes they'll drop out of cargo bays or you know, high quality blocks that you salvage. So you don't even have to salvage a ship. You could just shoot it more, even though it's dead and still get more loot exploding out of it. It'd be like killing a skeleton in Diablo and then stomping on the skeleton bones more and more loot pops out. So it's, like, <laughs> it's awesome. It's great. I would just, especially when a pirate like really made you mad or tore your ship up quite a bit. Like I'm just yeah. going to, I'm not going to salvage you. I'm going to explode every last block on your ship. Cause I'm going right. to, and I still get more loot for it. It's great. And yeah, you can be in or be in another sector and you'll still get the pickups and the drops from it. So it's not like it only works for ore or something like it works for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, super, super cool game. Uh, very glad that, that you took the plunge and, and then were able to convince me to, to give it a try as well, because I think it's, uh, like I said, a, a pretty ambitious game, but it it it. It seems to be executing on those ambitions pretty well. Uh, whereas, you know, a lot of titles <laughs> shoot for the moon and do not land in the stars. Right? Uh, yeah, they, they <laughs> land in a mud puddle somewhere. <laughs> We're looking at you, Robocraft. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I think overall, so far, so I've not, like I said, I've not completed the game, but one of my most intense experiences yet has been I went to war with a random faction mostly because I just wanted to. I wanted to see what that was like. Um, But they were on the edge of the territory of a faction I was allied to. So, Mm. and sometimes, like, they can have, you can have both, like, on the borders, you might have a sector that has both races, different systems, like ships and, and space stations in the same sector. So I jump in, and because I went to war with this faction, they went to war with the faction that I was allied with as well. Uh, so I'm in a state in a system that has two factions, one that I'm allied with one I'm at war with suddenly immediately spawn all of their fighters and a bunch of frigates and cruisers. And are uh, like probably about 10, 15 ships are now battling each other. And I'm in the middle. I was just great. <laughs> I'm loving it in the middle of that. A pirate wave spawns of like half a dozen pirate ships which calls in reinforcements from both sides because if a pirate ship damages a space station they'll call for reinforcements Uh. so both sides call reinforcements now there's like 20 ships on each side plus half a dozen pirates and then i'm (laughs) I'm not kidding a wave of the like end game alien race that's in you know in the game spawns as well and they spawn a bunch of these tiny like teleporting fighters and stuff there's probably like 50 ships and me <laughs> in this sector and it literally you can zoom out and i just sat there for a minute and watched from the tactical view like i i just jetted to the end i was like i'll just wait and see who wins and i'll pick up the scraps mm-hmm. but i just went to the tactical view and it's like watching one of the like from the way out uh, you know field of view star wars like 
battle scene or something. There's just giant carriers with lasers. There's lightning bolts shooting from light. There's little pellets and fighter craft everywhere. And it's just, you zoom out and it's just multicolored laser light shows and pellets and stuff launching at everything and torpedoes blasting and explosions. And I just sat there and watched for like 10 minutes as these four factions as pirates and aliens and, and allied races all fought each other until it got to, I was like, all right, now I'll join in and I want my allies to live. So I'm going to make sure most of their ships live. And, and I got and saved them, but it, right. it was great to just sit back for like five, five, 10 minutes and just be like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, so not to, to go too much to, into the expanse or whatever that I had mentioned earlier, but that was really what kind of hooked me into it. I mean, the story's interesting and the, the overall plot is, is very well done and, and there's a lot of cool stuff to it. But honestly, like the stuff that really, really sold me was just those kinds of scenes where it shows like a close up of like spaceship turrets, like rotating and then, you know, chain gun firing or whatever, because it makes me think of wing commander and those sorts of things from back in the day. I mean, I'm sure the expands looks way better than wing oh, commander sure. does, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's that same kind of feeling, but it's um, hard to beat the nostalgia goggles of how good wing commander looked then. <laughs> I am not willing to take off by reinstalling That's it true. and ruining it for myself. So yeah, it was, it was a beautiful 3d game. No, I'm <laughs> but no, Avorian, you know, for being a, a voxel kind of game, um, it definitely has a lot of really cool potential to the way it looks like when you first see it, it's kind of like, is this really going to look that good? But then just from the loading screens, they show you a wide variety of ship designs and there's just some really cool stuff. And again, you're kind of just only limited by your imagination as far as what you, you know, what you want to build and design. Or if you don't have the imagination, the instant hookup to the steam workshop to download any cool looking ship and i think it really is sold on just the the fact that it's not just a one by one wedge you can make really smooth curves if you want to spend the time on it it looks almost seamless it's not there's not like a black border around each block or a repeating texture like they do a really good job of smoothing the textures between edges so you don't see them unless you color them differently so people have made some amazing so if you just want all Imperial Star Destroyers with TIE Fighters and, and whatever, you can ha download all, a dozen different designs of each and, right. and load them up and scale them to fit whatever cost you have available. So even if they build it in endgame ore, you can just swap it out for beginning game ore and make it really small. And you're and there you go. Maybe you start in a TIE Fighter and build yourself up to a Super Star Destroyer or a Death Star. Like... It, right. So you don't even you don't even have to be a good builder to take advantage of that and still be able to play everything else that the game has to offer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably I will be going to the workshop and downloading some designs for our multiplayer because I'm lazy and want cool looking stuff. Well, I mean, and I don't have anything against downloading palettes. Like you said, it's like it's kind of like using a, a brush for a Photoshop or whatever is just. Go download a palette that somebody already has circles, spheres, triangles, things already pre-built. Then I can just take those pieces and I don't have to reinvent the sphere, you know, for lack of a better mm -hmm. term. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, it's it's amazing. Highly recommend it. Really well priced. Really reasonably, reasonably priced. Um, I think it's about $25, $30 on Steam. And mm -hmm. 
and their Discord's very friendly, very open. The wiki the wiki pages seem to be updated pretty frequently, and the game's just got a lot of depth. And that's all without mods. Like the Steam Workshop has modding available, and for the first time, I've not modded a game into Oblivion, just because there's so the, the base game has so much I already would have wanted that I don't need to, which is pretty rare for right. me. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. All right, well, that's all for our episode today. Follow us on Twitter to join the discussion, share your thoughts, or catch our stream times. If you enjoy the show, tell a friend and help keep us growing our audience. You can also join us on Discord and in our Steam group. All of the links will be available in the show notes. If you want more of my insights on pretty much anything in life not related to gaming, check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which is available everywhere podcasts are found.